Thank you for choosing to listen to the Mummy on a Break podcast. I am Maria Newman, otherwise known as Mummy on a Break. My journey to becoming Mummy on a Break started back in 2016. That's the year I took voluntary redundancy whilst on maternity leave with my second baby and without really having a plan. The only thing I knew at that moment was that I needed to change my job and if I didn't seize the day and take my chance, I'd be in the same job doing the same thing up until I retired. That thought really scared me. So long story short, I embarked on my journey of being mummy on a break, which started with me actually deciding to start my own business. And by following a very windy road led me to create the life I really wanted. I now help women who are like the old me. I help busy working mums who are fed up of the routine, the daily routine, and want to take back control and create the life they really want in their work, their relationships, their wellness, their money, and the fun stuff. If you want to find out more about how I can help you, then check out my website, mummyonabreak.co.uk and click work with me. However, for now, sit back, relax and enjoy this podcast episode. Welcome to the Mummy on a Break podcast. My name is Maria Newman and I am Mummy on a Break. You can find out more about me, what I do and Mummy on a Break on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. This podcast series is all about taking care of yourself inside and out. And I will be interviewing six amazing women who are experts in their field and who will be sharing their secrets with us on how we can look good on the inside and out. My guest today is Leslie Waldron. Leslie is a women's health and fitness coach. She sees health as a journey and as a lifelong enhancing project. It's about finding what works and how to balance life, work, family, and everything else that is going on. Leslie will be your cheerleader, mentor, and coach. She is on a mission to support and inspire women in their 40s and beyond to feel wildly well, to feel empowered and supported enough to prioritize their self-care, to find joy in movement, and embrace aging. So this podcast episode is about how to feel fabulous inside and out by living wildly well. Thanks for joining me today, Leslie. Oh, thank you, Maria. What an incredible introduction. Love <laughs> I think it. most of them are your words, so it's all about you. <laughs> so before we jump into it, can you tell us a bit about yourself, your story and how you got to where you are today? Oh, thanks. Yeah. So obviously, my name is Leslie Waldron. I'm a women's health coach and I'm in my mid 40s. I started this career um, in my late 30s. I've had lots of different things that I've done in my time, and, but I found myself in my late 30s in a job in public policy, something that I've been doing when coming back from come back from several maternity leaves and kind of been just been put in jobs rather than actually things that I'd necessarily applied for. And 
I went back after my second child and my second and he stopped sleeping so I was trying to do quite a cerebral job on no sleep as well as negotiate um Bristol traffic twice a day and I <laughs> I ended up in this role where I was in between um three different public sector organizations who didn't agree with each other and I was trying to get them to agree and I and it, it was really quite stressful and then compounded with um no sleep for about six months I literally was being woken up every half an hour during the night um, um I just I ended up having to take a month off work with stress I just fell apart and that I, I don't think I'd ever taken in the six years I'd worked for that organization, two pregnancies, I think I'd taken two days off. So to take a month off was just like this massive, oh my goodness, what's happening to me? Is there something wrong with me? But actually it was a wake up call. I didn't, I realized that I was in the wrong job. Um, I wasn't able to look after myself. And I actually felt quite disempowered both by the role that I was doing as well as in my role as a mum and um, a wife and, and all of the, and a woman generally in my community. I felt like I couldn't contribute elsewhere as well. I had a couple of voluntary roles that I undertook too and I felt like I wasn't doing those well. And so I had to put myself back together and I spent um, and I used what I did was I focused on time outside because that's always been my solace time outside. Um, time, um, good food, meditation, so I couldn't sleep so like fixing my son's sleep was something I was working on with various people on but because I had lack of sleep, I had to focus on other ways of getting in rest or so using meditation. And I just had to make myself a priority. Mm. And I was like, oh my God, why have I not done this before? And I needed to make, and I was making myself a priority because I knew I needed to be able to do a, be a mum, to, to, to do a good job there. I needed to be, a, I needed to be better. Um, and so I kind of went back into the workplace and I was like, this isn't where I want to be again. I put myself back together. I was feeling better. I was feeling better. And actually my son was then sleeping better as well but it wasn't the place for me. And I'd been having discussions with a friend who works in the fitness industry. And we've been talking, so I was with my policy, public policy head on, I've been thinking about rising childhood obesity, rising kids and activity, and the mental health implications of that. Never mind the physical health, but the mental health implications of not being active and of an, un, an um, an imbalanced diet and the impact that that has on how you think and feel. Um, and so we started a business. So I quit my job, started a business with her initially. It was about supporting women, supporting kids to create a positive relationship with, with exercise and with good food. Like, and, and like, like it was, there were games and we were creating skills for sport, but it wasn't competitive. We were talking about food, but in a playful way um and but because i'd start so I, I had to do a um an entry-level fitness qualification and then a children's specific one um and then i was like i want to know more so i ended up doing a personal training qualification and then a couple of other certificates after that in different aspects of of fitness and then i was like well while i'm doing that i might as well do i'll do some personal training as well i love this stuff and then i found out that i really really love working with women that perhaps working with kids is not my forte. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. 
yeah fair enough <laughs> so I started so I kind of the, the so we kind of faded out the kids fitness business and I focus on working with women as a personal trainer and then I started it I started a running group and I loved bringing women together like bringing women together so they learn from each other as well as from me that kind of sense of empowerment and also we're all in the same boat in many different ways um and so I had a running group and then I started doing beginner running courses running has been part of how I manage my mental health um over the last however many years um, and it's something that you can do wherever you are in the world. Um, um, but then, but carried on learning, carried on learning. I did, um, and because I, somebody talked to me about when I was a, when I was struggling with sleep and, and stress, I was experiencing things like experiencing insomnia, experiencing kind of almost like hot flushes from that, from the flush of cortisol and, um, and, and really disrupted periods. And somebody said, well, maybe you're in perimenopause. I'm like, what? I'm not even 40. <laughs> um, but at that, but then I was like, I don't even know what perimenopause is. I'm gonna go and find out. So I found out. And then I ended up doing a course called The Third Age Woman. And that brought together health and fitness for women in perimenopause. And I ran, started running a course called um, The Feel Good 40. So that was about bringing together both, not just the fitness side, but the, the health side as well. Then I was at a conference and I was introduced to the idea of, of co it was a women's health and fitness conference that I used to go to every year called Woman on Fire. Brilliant. Um, and I was introduced to coaching um, by a woman called Jessica Drummond. And she basically had us all in this conference room support, coaching each other. And that, that is when I got a massive light bulb that this is how I work with women. This is what I want to do is empower women to be able to make um, fitness um, and health choices to, to manage their lifestyle and their self-care because they're empowered to do it from within mm. rather than telling someone what to do. I was frustrated with telling. I wanted to be able to, um, to for somebody to be able to, 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 to kind of see the light for themselves, to almost wonder what it what is it I'm paying it for? Um, because they've actually come to the conclusion themselves. So I then invested in another um, women's health qualification with women's health co uh, women's health coaching qualification um, with um, the Integrative Women's Health Institute in the US, which brought functional nutrition together with coaching skills. And it took me a good couple of years to finish that, but it's absolutely I love absolutely loved the deep dive, and that's how I love working with women. So there you go. That's a bit of a long story, but that's where I am now. So at the moment, what I do is I offer outdoor fitness classes and a running group. Um, and then I have on, and I have online programs for health coaching, either group or one-to-one. -one. Um, so yeah, so that's me. Here I am. Yeah. So I just want to go back to some basics first. Sure. We use the words health and fitness like hmm. interchangeably but they obviously mean different things so yeah. can you just educate us what yeah when we say health what are we talking about when we say fitness what we're we talking about yeah I think this is that's actually a really good question because the two things kind of get bandied about quite a lot and um and they do mean different things so for me fitness is 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 simple so being fit generally means is about your heart health um and your bone and kind of your bone and strength, um, bone strength, muscle strength, joints, 
flexibility and that kind of thing. So your how your body moves through the day. Um, so, but sometimes fitness becomes our only target. Um, and being fit isn't necessarily, doesn't necessarily correlate to the size of your body either. So often we can have this thing between being fit, we have to have big, we have to have really big muscles or we have to be really super skinny or a flat stomach or a six pack. But actually that you can have those things and not be fit. So you, because you can build muscle, but not necessarily, I mean, it generally, generally it correlates generally. So I'm going to be, this is an extreme generally, you know, if you, if you're, if you've got muscles, then your body is working harder. So muscle takes more energy to kind of maintain, but I have known people who've been really, who've been really strong, but can't necessarily run more than a hundred yards. Mm. So that they're, although they're, they're kind of physically fit and strong, maybe their cardiovascular health isn't as good as it could be. Um, so yeah, so fitness is about cardiovascular health. So that would be thing, doing things that get you out of puff. It could be long walks, it could be running, cycling, it could be spin classes and that kind of thing. Um, but it also does mean you need that core strength um, to, to, for your joints to be flexible and strong, um, to, you need to have some impact in your, um, in your, in your routine so that your, your bones stay strong. But fitness is more about kind of that physicality, that physical strength, muscles, bones, joints, and heart. Health, is is a much bigger umbrella term and and i see health as being about lifestyle so you can be really fit but if you're super stressed as well are you still mm. healthy if you're really fit and you're you're work and you're kind of working out five six seven days a week you're not sleeping are you still healthy and or you are um talking to somebody recently who's really um she's really slender She's a dance teacher and she dances a lot. So she says, oh, well, I've never really had to worry about what to eat, but she's always got a cold. This time of year is a cold from kind of on and off from October until about January. So because, because she doesn't need, because she doesn't need to pay attention to what she eats. She does, she, perhaps her diet isn't as varied as it could be. Yeah, yeah. Now I resisted from going into a lecture to her as well. <laughs> <laughs> but, but well, because that's not helpful either, because that's disempowering. If somebody comes along out of the blue and tells you what to do, then that takes your power away. Whereas if you, um, I talked a little bit about how she might want to support her immune system. And, you know, if she wanted to chat, I'll have a chat with her later. But she didn't need to, need to tell her what to do. So health is broader. So I think health is about um, kind of four main pillars. So good sleep. Um, good nutrition and good um, exercise and fitness and um, managing stress, managing your mental health um, and relaxation. And rest is something that women um, often, women I work with in their 40s, 50s, struggle with, right? Mm. Because they're always on, always busy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's always something to do. <laughs> so actually resting is really hard. So health, does that make sense? So health is kind yeah. of an umbrella of, of balance across many different areas of your life. And you could delve into each of those areas of, of sleep, of fitness, of um, nutrition and of, um, and of rest. And then 
probably above that, you've got things like having connection and support. So that's what I quite often talk to women about as well is like, how well connected are you? What's your support network like? Mm. How well are you looked after by others? So knowing that somebody can pick you up if you fall, that's really important as well. That's really empowering and strengthening. And yet in our culture, like it's, it's really hard to ask for help. Um, it's funny that isn't it because if you're a mum and we were obviously talking about this before um, we started recording if you're a mum whether you whether it's a conscious thing or definitely a subconscious thing you think that you are like the center and you must keep everything going and you must ensure that everybody is well because if you don't you're doing a bad job which yeah. obviously is complete rubbish because, and, and I've, I've said this in a previous podcast, I always take it back to the air stewards um, who are giving yeah. the safety talk. You mm-hmm. must put your oxygen mask on first before you mm-hmm. attempt to help someone else. Because if you can't breathe, if you're not getting oxygen and you can't breathe, you can't help anybody else. And so you, you've got to look after yourself in that sense. But you've also got to appreciate that you are not alone. You know, mm-hmm. you should have this support network around you because together we are much stronger than one person alone. Absolutely. There's a power of community. And I think this year, 2020 has kind of shown us that in, in really different ways, um, partly because some aspects of our community support got taken away from us. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and partly because we all had to, we create community in a different way but yeah I think that's really it is so powerful and so important but sometimes quite hard to prioritize yeah 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 definitely so the phrase and it's your business what I love is the wildly well so tell us about living wildly well because even if nobody knows what it is it sounds amazing so well partly so my my business my business is called wild country woman and I live in a little corner of North Somerset called the wild country like the wood there's woodland behind my garden that's called the wild country and so that's kind of where it came from but nature has always been my inspiration spending time outside looking at the seasons observing the seasons and then in the work that I've been doing on the perimenopause and um, um, on perimenopause health and on hormones and like like nature becomes even more obvious you can you can kind of look at the menstrual cycle in a seasonal way as well but the wild for a woman to feel wildly well is that she feels well nourished well connected well supported and she feels physically and mentally strong and that kind of underpins how I work with women in my coaching programs and that there's a sense of of empowerment, of access to access to support, but access to joy as well. If you look around at nature, um, I often <laughs> I often see you often see in nature um, examples of of wild wellness. And I this time of year, I'm looking at women who are look I'm talking to women about the about trees in autumn and about how every autumn the leaves fall, okay? You let go of what doesn't serve you anymore. And then you, um, and then you shore up your roots and that we can do this, we can live seasonally as well. So this connected, supported, nourished and 
physically and mentally strong and resilient, but there's an element of living with the seasons, with the seasons of our cycle and with the natural seasons of the world. And that's what I try and bring together in the work that I do. I love that. Yeah, because then you um, are more in like a natural flow. So rather than like fighting against, oh, you know, some people might not like the summer and when it gets hot, if it gets hot in the UK, um, so they fight against, <laughs> yeah, they fight against the heat, or you might not like the cold. So when the winter comes, you know, you you hibernate naturally because mm. you don't like feeling cold. But to yes. like be in flow and go with yeah. flow, whatever that is, whether it's the season, whether it's the natural yeah. rhythm of your body, it, I suppose mm-hmm. it just makes sense, doesn't it? It just makes living easier. Yeah, Abs- absolutely, because you're not battling it, and and it's been really interesting. So we're at the um, quite a few women I've been talking to recently who hate the autumn not because they hate the autumn itself but because it means that the winter is coming oh, yeah, yeah. and and they don't like the winter that they tend to that they struggle a bit with um seasonal affective disorder that um they again like you said they don't like being cold um but but actually if you can learn if you can focus on the things that are positive about the autumn like it's apt, even on a gray day so the sun keeps coming in and out here but, um, which wasn't part of my plan. Um, but even on a gray day, you can probably see some of the trees behind me. Like, like even on a gray day, they, are look, they look beautiful. They're like, they're, there's so much color around. And, um, and actually you can say, well, this is an opportunity to get out my cozy cardigans, to light the fire, to, to wrap up warm, to think about what's on my plate in a different way yummy soups and slow cooked casseroles and things that so what can you enhance your life with in the autumn but you don't want a casserole or soup do you in the hyper summer it's just not what you want so so um but equally you might want to think differently about the kind of exercise you do that actually maybe it's short and sharp rather than long runs outside or perhaps there's an advantage in in the summer in the running in the winter and that you don't get so hot and sweaty and a lot of women who I work with don't like getting hot and sweaty. So actually, so you you can you can spin these things around and to make it positive, but you have to be well connected. Mm. So it's part of being wild and well, well connected to what works for you as well as well connected to the seasons. So with a lot of your clients who come to see you, what in in your experience, what has been the blocker for them living wildly well? What are those um what are the blockers that they've had to overcome in order to really embrace living wildly well? A lot, so time and prioritization, I think are two of the big things that women feel really, really busy and that they are not used to putting themselves first, as I said right at the beginning, um, that not being able to, to prioritize their self-care and so therefore feeling like they've got to look after everyone else apart from themselves, which, um, isn't ideal and and actually this that that can be the hardest thing because if you're running a story that you don't have time then you'll believe that story but you can change the story in different ways so it might be that you start okay well I don't have time to go to an exercise class every week well could you find five minutes five times a week could you find five minutes and then, so I'm actually, so some women, I just, that's it. All you've got to do is find five minutes. And these are the things that you do for those five minutes. If it's, if it's movement wise, um, I don't have time to cook um, or I don't like cooking or somebody else does the cooking. 
you know, I don't have control. It's like, well, then you, you find different ways of finding control. Um, um, the prioritization and sense of control are often, are often things that are quite hard to mm. work on and it takes time. Um, women feel like they haven't got control over certain things and then so helping them recognize where they do have control and then can can fix it so like if you don't have don't feel like you've got control of your schedule because you're working around you know kids school run kids activities husband's working hours trying your working hours somebody else always needs to be dictating the timetable then that can feel feel really tricky um so yeah I think those are the the key things time priority and finding control and sometimes it's it's a gradual process of, of finding that I had a woman that I was speaking to recently who's been in my three-month mentorship and we do a three-month assessment where you reflect back across seven different areas of your life and how you've advanced and she's like the scores haven't changed that much but what has changed is what I'm telling myself about them and that that was really powerful that she realized that actually she was caring for herself better because the conversation she was having with herself about her fitness or her nutrition or her rest and sleep had changed mm. and that 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 then is about feeling wildly well yeah, yeah. because then you've got the power to make that change so a lot of it is to do with mindset like life mm. in general you know if you've got the right mindset then mm literally anything is possible but if yeah. you're set if you're telling yourself you can't you shouldn't you won't yeah. then guess what you it won't happen it just won't happen because you're telling yourself over and over yeah. again and you're um reinforcing it that this isn't going to happen it can't happen yeah. there isn't time I'm not going to make myself a priority because others are more important mm. <laughs> and yeah. that's life and then you just get and but then you get stuck and yeah and it is possible to change it might to change your mindset about these things, but it's not necessarily easy. And that's where kind of having a coach or or a support network, mm. somebody who's your cheerleader, can can help you move these things along. So, um, and and that's often where you know if you've um, signed up to a some kind of healthy eating plan or joined the gym, and you've gone all in, you know, going to do this, and then and then you're just you're trying to force it rather mm. than really believe it um and that's why we you know gym membership suddenly fall off in February and <laughs> March <laughs> so um for our listeners who will be listening to this and who will be wanting to make some changes what advice would you give them well I would actually say start really small so start with what is possible um if I'm working with somebody on on adjusting their diet now I don't really use diet as in terms of what they have on their plate I don't I'm, I don't talk about um weight loss or dieting because actually I think it's really negative but if they're wanting to nudge nudge their nutrition so that they actually so they feel better then I often say start with breakfast so all you've got to do is think about one meal mm. And then there are different ways you can approach to that, that. So adding in a little bit more protein will actually help keep your energy levels more stable through the morning. So, so rather than taking things out, what can you add in? So, and it could be sometimes it's, and then you let, let you, you lead what feels, what feels easiest for you to change, to make that nudge. So starting small 
So that nudge could be one, um, you know, adding, adding some nuts and seeds to your cereal in the morning and then you've got a bit more protein and a bit more fats and actually it'll keep you fuller for longer. Or a small nudge could be um, to go for a walk after, to do, drop the kids off at school or on your way into work, you just walk for an extra five minutes just so that you're getting a little bit more movement every day. Um, looking at your daily schedule, what, what one thing could you add in or take away from that daily schedule that means that you get more rest? So rather than coming in the door from work and rushing into sorting out dinner and doing the washing up and sorting out the laundry, could you sit down with a cup of tea and for five minutes and take a deep breath? So it's the small things and, and they feel you might you won't necessarily notice the effect. It's not like some kind of drop of dress size in two weeks effect. <laughs> but if you were to do that every day, that five, that five minutes walk, that five minute cup of tea, that little bit of extra nutrition in breakfast over the course of a month, two months, three months, you'd notice that change. Mm. And once you've found that one small thing, you add something else to it because it works. You nudge yourself forwards. I think that's really helpful. And it's really embedding good habits, isn't it? It's trying mm -hmm. to drop the habits that, like you've said, just don't serve you yeah. and trying to incorporate good habits that are going to yeah. um, add some positivity to your life. But they've got to feel good mm. as well. So they've got to feel good and fun and not punishing. And that's often what we associate with, I need to get fitter or I want to be healthier, is that we've got to punish ourselves into health. <laughs> and it's just not, it's not going to help. It's not going to no. stick, you know. I, I love food and I love cooking and um, I, we have a, you know, the kids are always like, so how many different fruit and veg have you eaten today, mummy? You know, a bit of a competition, <laughs> you know, like if I'm below 10, then I'm, I'm, I'm not winning. Um, <laughs> but, it, you know, then that, but then that becomes part of how they learn about food, how, but also, but that wasn't, that probably, that wasn't me 20 years ago. That wasn't me 15 years ago, but it has been me for the last 12 13 14 years so um so we but it but it wasn't something that happened overnight hmm. it just is just, that's just part of how you live and then you and then suddenly you find you make that one change and you suddenly notice there are other things that you can do that enhance that change so my cookbooks and um recipe fun tend to be focused on wow seasonal and local and tasty <laughs> very important so yeah so for finding ways that make it fun and enjoyable makes it much easier to embed as well so the final question what three things would you like our listeners to take away from listening to this podcast i think the first one is that you have always got it in your power to change to improve your health and fitness you've got the power um and yeah, so that's the first one. You've always got the power. The second one is to listen to your body. Your body often knows what it needs, but we've kind of overpowered our body with our brains and overthinking things. So, you know, asking yourself, am I hungry? Can sometimes help. If you find yourself snacking a lot in the evening, just simply before you have something to snack on, am I hungry? And see what your body says to you. Um, um, if you're feeling stiff and achy and that's putting you off running or, or going to an exercise class, well, what does my body need? Does it need a massage? Does it need more sleep? So listen to your body. Understand that you've always got it in your power to change. 
And third and most important, don't do too much too quickly. Make, take it easy so that it sticks. Make it easy and enjoyable. I think that's it. That's My top great. three. Top three. So finally, finally, mm-hmm. how can people find out more about what you do, Leslie, and how to work with you? Uh, yes, yeah, so you can find me, wildcountrywoman.com is my website. And you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, um, either under Wild Country Fit on Instagram or Wild Country Woman Health Coach Facebook. Um, and yeah, and from there, it kind of tells you a little bit about the programs and how to work with me. And I'm always happy to have a chat in various ways. And I have a um, very supportive women's um, uh, Facebook group where I bring in experts, podcast um, experts to, to kind of interview and, and to share their information, inspiration. That's called Wild Country Women. So come and fight, come and join that too. Great. Thank you. So thank you very much again, Leslie, for taking the time to talk to me. And thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope you enjoyed our conversation as much as I did. If you're interested in finding out how you can work with me and how I can help you, then head over to my website, www.mummyonabreak.co.uk and click on work with me. Take care.